Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. My name is Dave Frankowski and I'll be your moderator for today's class. And welcome to another lecture given by the Oceanside California class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given unto our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year of 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year of 1958, and we hold classes in the United States and in various other countries. The Oceanside class was established in 1994. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you the Dean of the Oceanside class, Dr. Dennis Volpe, and the president, Dr. Carl Emler. Now in this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The correct name for our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The correct title for the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God and the correct name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles, they are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name, and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike the titles of Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. It's a divine title because it's the title that our Creator has chosen for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. And a minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew, the Greek, nor the Latin languages have any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that's made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah, which would make such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true name of our Father, and his son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, the limits and the bounds of everything that exists. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud, because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We've drawn this cloud to extend all around the edges of this chart to show that everything on the chart is within the cloud. 
in like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the whole world calls Jesus Christ. Now there's only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what did they call the Savior when he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface to the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It's the divine pattern because it's Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai and showed him this threefold tabernacle pattern in a vision. Later on, Yahweh instructed Moses to build one in the wilderness of Sinai, exactly like the one he had seen in his vision on the mount. The tabernacle pattern is a threefold pattern consisting of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and it operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. This school has 10 primary constitutional objectives and aims, and they are as follows. One, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Two, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah, without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Three, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Four, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern practical and occult science. Five, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men 
whereby a man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua, the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. We'll begin this afternoon with a prayer by Dr. Sean Hudgen Wardle from our Ontario, California class. And we'll have a scripture read, which will be Matthew, the 12th chapter, and that'll be read by Dr. Jerry Geller from our Oceanside, California class. Hi, can everybody hear me? Yeah, yes, we can. All right, thank you. Let us all bow in our hearts and minds for a moment of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father Yahweh, we pray that whatever is said today helps us to better understand your divine purpose and pattern and plan so that we can know for an assurity who you are and how you actually exist. because we need to have that knowledge. We pray that you take away all of those carnal thoughts that we've had out in the world. We just, we just really want you to keep us and guide us in your way so that we can find, be found upright at the universal revelation of Yahshua the Messiah. All these things in the name of your only begotten son, Yahshua the Messiah, let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good afternoon, class. I'll be reading today from the Holy Name Bible containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts revised by the late A.B. Trena of the Scripture Research Association Incorporated in College Park, Maryland. Matthew, the 12th chapter. At that time, Yahshua went on the Sabbath day through the wheat field, and his disciples were hungry, and he began to pluck the heads of wheat, and rubbing them in their hands, they did eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was hungry, and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of Yahweh and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law, how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless. But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if he had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is master even of the Sabbath day. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man which had his hand withered, 
And they ask him saying, is it lawful to heal upon the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, what man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much more then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole like as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. And when Yahshua knew it, he withdrew himself from thence. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all and charged them that they should not make him known in fulfillment of that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the nations. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break, and smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment in, unto truth. He shall not fail or be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. Then, he, th then was brought unto him one possessed with a demon, blind and dumb, and he healed them insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the prince of the demons. And Yahshua knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if the adversary cast out the adversary, he is divided against himself. How then shall his kingdom stand? If I by Beelzebub cast out demons, by whom do your followers cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the spirit of Yahweh, then the kingdom of Yahweh is come unto you, or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this age, neither in the age to come. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt for the tree is known by its fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. 
A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. When certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Rabbi, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seek after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the fish's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. The Queen of the South shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, greater than Solomon is here. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. And then he saith, I will return into the house from whence I came out. And whence he is come and findeth it empty, swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they shall enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also with this wicked generation. While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without, desiring to speak with them. Then said, then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? He stretched forth his hand unto his towards his disciples, and so behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same as my brother and sister and mother. Matthew, the 12th chapter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Geller and Dr. Hudson-Wardle. Our scripture readers this afternoon will be Dr. Linda Volpe from our Oceanside, California class, and Dr. Mike Josephson from our Green Bay, Wisconsin class. And our first speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Greg Maloney from our Green Bay, Wisconsin class. Good evening, everybody. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Okay, wonderful. Um, I would like to have you first start out by getting the scripture. Um, can you get Galatians, the fifth chapter? And if you could get me on one moment. Um, 
You can give me uh, five and 18, please. Of Galatians? Yes, please. Okay. Um, Galatians 5 and 18. But, yeah. if, but if ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Okay. Now, the work, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, wrath, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the like. No, of which I'll just have you. Uh, Linda, I believe, is reading. Yes. So, okay. Thanks, Linda. I'll just have you stop for a moment. So in this scripture, um, or in Matthew, this 12th chapter, a lot of times there is uh, spiritual principles that are being laid out um, between one of the examples was between good fruit and bad fruit. Okay. And um, there was an example that it was talking about with um, different, uh, you know, family members and, and uh, you know, sons and daughters and, and mothers and, and um, things of that nature. Now, we are um, the children, so to speak, of Yahshua. We are his offspring. Now, if you have a love of your child, okay, um, you have nothing but a desire to lead them. And we know by coming down in this school, um, we come to the understanding that we are truly led by the Spirit. We don't just say that. It's not just lip service. Our actions follow that because we know that we do not have control um, in this physical creation on the things that in the circumstances that we're put in. Um, we are truly led by the Spirit, like it said in the 18th chapter or 18th verse of this fifth chapter of Galatians. Okay. And we know that. Look, it's not based on what you're doing, you know, by by your works or by your acts, how how you how you're manifesting um you know when people are watching, you know, prior to coming down in this uh this institution, I always had a hard time when I saw people acting differently um in the church world so to speak. Uh, you know, when people were watching it almost seemed. It was almost like it was like a play that was going on. It was so orchestrated and so calculated, so, uh, you know, <laughs> um, you know, definitively. And it always turned me off. And look, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you are truly going to manifest Yahshua's nature. Could you, um, on this Moses chart here, when you look under uh, in the cloud and it says Yahweh is spirit, you know, that's what he is. That is his makeup or his nature, you know, and he 
does nothing but manifest his love towards his offsprings. And, you know, if you love Yahshua, aren't you going to want to be obedient? And aren't you going to want to, you know, be present, um, you know, attending these schools? And aren't you going to want to stand up for the truth? Aren't you going to want to share the information or, or the knowledge that he's given you? I mean, that that's something that you want to manifest. You know, you don't want to manifest, you know, all the fleshly things that you possess in this world. That doesn't do anything for your soul. It's not going to comfort you at all. Okay. Um, and then it talks about, you know, the other nature. Okay. If you want to pick it back up in 19 of that same chapter of Galatians. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, variance, jealousy, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the like of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of Yahweh. Now, these things are really easy to, to see. You know, it, it's easy to see if somebody's a murderer, you know, and, and, and to point that out. It's easy to see somebody um, that, you, you know... Um, Uh, is always striving for, you know, for something else in, in this physical world and uh, always never satisfied, you know, and um, somebody that's very deceptive, you know, or unclean. It, it's really easy to see that nature. Okay. But if, if we're being honest, I mean, that was us prior <laughs> that was us prior. That was our nature. We were, we were a bunch of liars. We were a bunch of envious individuals. We were a bunch of murderers because we weren't using the creator's name at all. We were giving glory onto whatever your, whoever you worship prior to coming in contact, um, you know, with this teaching. Uh, you know, that's, that's a former, you know, that's, that's an example of a murder. Okay. But Yahshua and those individuals, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of Yahweh. Okay. And that's why I, we're down here. We want to be a part of that kingdom. You know, um, let's get 22, please. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Mm -hmm. Joy, peace, mm -hmm. long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Mm -hmm. And they that are Yahshua's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. I'll, let us st I'll stop there. Okay. So... Now, now it's describing the other aspect, 
okay? It's describing what the kingdom is, okay? All right. When you look at this brain chart, thank you, um, whoever put this up, with this brain chart, it shows you, now this is a brain here, and then inside of it, it shows you the uh, uh, symbolic example of a heart. Now, this is a state and condition that you're in on the left-hand side, or at least my left here, um, where it's showing you that, you know, Romans 8 and 6, you know, for, to be carnally minded is death, like it says where the cursor is pointing to right there. You're in ignorance, okay? And, and I'm not getting on somebody else's case because I know that it's, by grace and mercy, like it says in Ephesians. Um, I think it's one and four or two and four. And, you know, by grace, okay, you are saved. And, and it, I think in the eighth verse, it talks about how the Holy Spirit is a gift, okay? We wouldn't, we would be in that exact same state and condition. And we were in that st exact state and condition, um, prior to coming in contact with Yahshua, I'll just put it that way. We had um, just such a bad nature about us. You know, we were so proud of who we were and, and we were just lusting after things. And we did things, um, you know, like it shows on this heart here, it says the carnal ordinances, and we just followed the course of this world, okay? And um, yet once Yahshua took a hold of us, so to speak, and he um, showed us or revealed to us. Now, in Green Bay, we have this chart, this name chart, where it shows um, a hand, okay? that's pulling back um, a curtain and it's revealing, um, you know, his name and, and his, his Godhead makeup and behind it, it's all pictorially illustrated as yellow showing forth that he's the light, you know, he's revealing to you. Okay. That he's the truth. Okay. That in John six and 63, um, you know, uh, why don't we get that quick? Oh, there's the chart. I didn't know you had that, Dennis. Okay. It, look what it says on the top with that arm. It says the veil is taken away, revealing the truth. Okay. Now, the truth, you could replace that word with Yahshua. We were talking about that yesterday um, in class, that you could, you know, that's all Yahshua is doing. He's revealing who he is because he's, you know, Yahweh, you don't have an understanding of him in his pure spirit state. He, what love he put within his purpose where he ended up forming Elohim, okay, where he provided uh, us with an understanding of who he was. And then Taking it a step further, he brought Yahshua, where it says manifested in the flesh, okay, in a physical form of Elohim. That was one of his manifestations. That is the Holy Spirit. You know, that's not like the world teaches you, baby Jesus walking around the earth, you know, the earth, 
and that's Mary's child. No, that's not who that is. You know, that is a savior of the world in that body, okay? That's the Holy Spirit. And if you want love, if you want joy and peace, okay, and you're going to experience, okay, um, all those things, all right? When you're a part of the kingdom, when Yahshua reveals himself to you, okay, that is comforting, all right? Um, can you get uh, Romans 14 and 17, please? Romans 14 and 17. Mm -hmm. For the kingdom of Yahweh is not meat and drink, mm -hmm. but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's right. You, when you live in the Spirit, and you're not walking after the flesh, like the brain chart shows, you know, you go through, you're going through that transformation process. There's, there's a change process happening right within you. And when your priorities are different, okay, in this physical world, and you see Yahshua for who he really is, he gives you that understanding you see a different state and condition, okay, of um, that heart. And you see that heart on the right-hand side, okay? That's, that's the heart that you are inheriting, okay? And you see that where it shows that uh, day star on the top of that, okay? Um, and then you see... Um, on that heart, there's like a fire, you know, that's going around that heart, consuming that. You know, the Holy Spirit is a consuming fire, okay? And then you see all those vipers, like, you know, like I talked about in the scriptures, <laughs> um, you know, vipers. You have all these snakes here, and these snakes are, uh, you know, trying to penetrate into your, your soul, so to speak. OK, but it cannot do that, you know, because there's a hedge around that heart. There's a hedge around your soul. You are being protected by Yahshua. OK, and, uh, you know, and you see all these little sayings on there or these little descriptions, you know, liars under one of the snakes, uh, deceivers under another one, deniers. You know, people are constantly denying that his name is. Um, isn't Yahshua or isn't Yahweh. And, you know, we get it all the time in John, the fifth chapter, um, five and 43. Um, if you want to get that, actually. I am come in my father's name and ye receive me not. That's if the world in a nutshell. The world definitely does not worship Yahshua. Okay, in totality, the, the majority of the world does not even know his name exists. Okay, go on. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. And the world has definitely embraced fully Jesus. Okay, and there is, I, I've heard it out of, out of, uh, you know, people's mouths. 
that uh, that have witnessed um, to you know talking with different pastors and ministers and things of that nature, and and they've expressed that you know there's no money in. <laughs> And anything other than Jesus, and and that's why they're following and using and teaching in the name of Jesus. But you know what? That nature, okay, and and all those lies that they're providing, okay, that is going to be that's going to mislead them. They are not going to be a part of that kingdom. And if you look at those snakes, they are outside of, okay, that heart. Okay, that that's that's a type and shadow of them uh, being outside of the kingdom. They're going to try to penetrate in the kingdom, but they will never succeed. They never have an opportunity. Now, I'm not saying anything's bad about snakes. Okay, I'm just using them as an example. Okay, snakes are great creatures and and they have a, a definite purpose in this world. Okay, I personally like snakes, to be honest with you, but you can see just an example of their nature. They're very slick. They're very sly. You, you can't even detect that they're there. They, they camouflage themselves. They, um, you know, go after prey. And, uh, you know, they use detectors through their tongue. And, and um, they're able to distinguish uh, through heat you know, where their prey is because they don't always have the best eyesight and things of that. And they will hunt and, and, and pray for animals. You know, that's just the nature. What does the mystery of iniquity do? He prays after individuals. He goes after them and he's always trying to bite at you like a snake. Okay. Uh, you know, when you, when you upset it. Okay. If you try to grab a snake in the nature, it will definitely uh, coil up and, and try to start biting at you and striking at you. That's just its nature. Not that snakes are, you know, at all uh, the mystery of iniquity or anything like that. I'm not not saying that. They're, you know, just their nature is to be feisty and, and fight back and strike back. Well, that's that's just the type and shadow of how the mystery of iniquity is because he wants to strike you. He wants to cause you to um, not have that joy, not have that peace. You know, he wants to make things so difficult on you, but and, and tries to sell you that lie that so you can walk after this world, like it says. But you know what? We do not follow those things. We do not desire those things because we know that those things are all temporarily. And then you're just going to be looking at the next thing that you want to accomplish and always striving for those things. But, you know, being a part of that kingdom, you know, can we get that age, the ages and dispensation chart, please? Now we're in the present kingdom age in this chronology chart. Okay, when you look at this, and it says a spiritual kingdom, okay, on earth, right? And then it says it goes into further after it's, it has the scriptures there. There's a spiritual assembly, okay, not a church, an assembly, a body, a makeup. And it says the body of Yahshua, 
Okay, that's us, guys. If you're part of his body, you're part of the body of Yahshua. Okay, and um, the Holy Spirit through you is causing you, okay, to have faith, have belief, okay, in Yahshua. You know, you're going to have long sufferings. That's that's part of being in the kingdom, okay, the spiritual kingdom. But I will tell you what, that long suffering, you don't see it written on this fifth age, the kingdom age. That's the age we want to go into. We want to be a part of. And if you're a part of his kingdom, or if you're a part of his body, excuse me, all right, you are going to be, see how it says Sabbath day? Uh, or uh, it doesn't say Sabbath day. It says Sabbath. Excuse me. Misspoke. Sabbath. Okay. Sabbath is a day of, of rest. Okay. And in the beginning of the 12th chapter of Matthew, it was talking for several verses about the Sabbath and the Pharisees um, were trying to give uh, Yahshua basically a hard time, you know, um, for doing certain acts that were, you know, stipulations that were put on the Sabbath day that you could not do. It was it was unlawful to perform certain, uh, you know, things on there. And, and there was examples that was listed in that 12th chapter, okay? Um, and uh, with the Sabbath day now, we are going to be in rest, okay? We are not going to be penetrated again um, like that brain chart. We're not going to be suffering at all from the mystery of iniquity because the mystery of iniquity is not going into the fifth age. When you look at this chronology chart, he was a part of the, um, the first age, the second age, the third age, and we obviously know he's in the fourth age, okay? But he is not in this fifth age, okay? Um, let's uh, get, um, and he's definitely not in the sixth or seventh age either, you know? Um, our, our souls are going to continue to live on after this, Okay. And that's where our faith is, okay? Um, can you give me Ephesians 1 and 15, please? Ephesians 1 15. Yes, please. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in Yahshua the Messiah and love unto all of the sons, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the that Yahweh the that the Father of Yahshua the Messiah, the Father of Glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, and in the knowledge of Him. I'll have you stop there. Our faith is the result of Yahweh or Yahshua. Okay, specifically, he's the one that's providing us with the wisdom and understanding, okay, um, in the knowledge of him, not of us, 
of him, okay? If you go and look at this chart here on the left, the far left-hand column, it shows that Yahshua went through a death, a burial, okay? And it says resurrection right on that chart. And we know in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, it talks about that, okay? And on there, Yahshua had to go through that process, okay? He had to go through that death, burial, and resurrection. It allowed us, and then if you look further up, it shows ascension, and it shows Yahshua, okay, coming out of that tomb, all right? And he ascended, okay, um, afterwards, at, on the day of Pentecost, and it shows that the sun's there, it's written on that chart, and those sons are um, from the past ages. He called them out of the grave. And they had access or an ability at that point. Because prior to Yahshua going through this death, burial, and resurrection and fulfilling that process or fulfilling the old covenant, those souls for the very first time, okay, have an ability to inherit. I see the five minutes to inherit, okay, the Holy Spirit, okay? You have that ability now. That's why we say in the 10th aim, okay, we say that you can inherit, all right, eternal life now. The founder wanted to emphasize that word now. Okay, he wanted you to understand with Pentecost, you have an ability now. Okay, the law and the prophets, all right, is providing us witnesses that were written about our creator and his purpose, pattern, and plan of salvation. And he's Yahshua's always the teacher, he's always the one giving us that wisdom and understanding of him. So we can have an ability to, um, again, inherit that Holy Spirit now. And, and that's what that uh, plate is kind of showing. I mean, there's a lot of information, obviously, there. And then the chart, the uh, plate next to it is Pentecost. It's showing you. Um, that happened with the, if you get the Moses chart, I, I think somebody is trying to help me who is ever running the charts, and I just just keep talking here. On Pentecost, you have, um, it says Pentecost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit here. That's that's the same example that's going on in that second plate on that bottom chart, where they're up in that upper room, and, you know, and, and they inherit that uh, Holy Spirit. Um, in Acts, I the second chapter, it's listed there, okay? Uh, Mike, if you can keep going um, in Ephesians, please. Ephesians 115? Um, no, you you left off, gosh, what was it, the 18? Yeah, I think that was it. Yep, go ahead. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is of the hope of his calling 
and what is the riches of his, the glory of his inheritance in the sons, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who See, believe. We know that. We know what his power is. We're giving him the glory. All power and all glory goes on to Yahshua or to his father through Yahshua, because he's the one that died on the cross. He's the one that went through that death, burial, resurrection, and outpouring of that Holy Spirit. We believe in the working of the Holy Spirit. We, we see and have a true understanding of how it's only through him that we have an ability to escape uh, that alienated state and condition we were in prior to having the Holy Spirit enter in our soul, okay? And, uh, you know, nothing can escape his, uh, his purpose because you can't get outside of his purpose. Everything is contained right within him. That's why it says eternity, and this cloud is a fiery cloud, and it's encompassed around this whole entire chart. That's that's within the whole purpose, and you know he's showing us his purpose uh, and continuously giving us more understanding and more wisdom about his purpose. And uh, one last thing, if we could get Second Thessalonians three. Um, one through five, and then I'll be done. Second Thessalonians three, one through five. Mm -hmm. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of Yahweh may be, may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. Mm -hmm. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For not all men have faith, but Yahshua is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in Yahshua concerning you that ye both do and will do the things which he command you, which we command you. And Yahweh direct your hearts unto the love of Yahshua and into the patient waiting for the Messiah. Thank you. And, you know, that's what Yahshua is doing. You know, when, when these Pharisees were trying to trip him up on, you know, not doing certain acts on the Sabbath day. And he said, well, he gave examples. Well, is it really unlawful or a bad thing if so-and-so, you know, is trying to eat or provide for himself? I mean, are you really going to, you know, uh, you know, persecute him over that? You know, put him to death or stone him because of those acts? Or, you know, he used other examples too. Yahshua knows the intent of your heart. Okay, he created you. He's going to cause you uh, to keep you from those evil things. He's going to cause you to be, to not go astray. He's going to cause you to, you know, he's going to direct your heart. Okay, like it says, you know, anytime you have any doubt ever in this, in this uh, world or this creation, just think about it, how much he has purposed and how much control he has anytime you have any doubts. And if you're one of his son, it's already a, a fixed fight and you are already positioned head and shoulders above the rest of the world. And you are in the kingdom, the spiritual kingdom, and you're going to go on to the next age, and you're not going to have to suffer all these evil things. Satan will not 
be able to touch you or his host. And, you know, that's by grace in itself and by mercy. So with that, um, hallelujah, all praise and glory goes on to Yahweh through his son, Yahshua, the Messiah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Maloney. And our next speaker this afternoon will be Dr. Bruce Geller from our Oceanside, California class. Thank you, Dave. <clears throat> Good afternoon and evening to everyone. I really enjoyed the first speaker very much. <clears throat> and it made me think about just the fact that uh, we all came in here, as it were, the same way uh, in the sense that we uh, didn't really know, um, <clears throat> or at least I'll speak for myself, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't know a single thing about my creator, even to, to the very fact that I never knew his name. Uh, they never taught it to me in the religion that I was raised in. Uh, and it's, it's an amazing thing to think of the kind of darkness that we've all been taken out of. Uh, to say that it was thick darkness that could be felt is a good way to express it but until you know you don't know <laughs> and i know that might sound a little weird but it's true we didn't know us we were just ignorant and uh to be brought into this class and to be shown mercy as greg was saying it's a beautiful thing and it wasn't like you and it, and it isn't like you can earn your own salvation. You can't. You can't. There's no works that you can do. You can just, in matter of fact, you can't even hear Yahweh speaking to you unless he opens up your understanding. Right. He's doing it all, folks. And back there, the people wanted to know, how might we work the works of God? You know, which is a question that we all might have asked at some point. What can we do to please this God? And they, they told it exactly like it is. Can we get that in John 6, 28? I was just thinking about the many things that, uh, that Greg was saying, how... Uh, they're uh, very current, you know, uh, especially that brain chart. It's very uh, uh, graphic, as it were, and it, it really describes the two natures. The mystery of iniquity, as Greg was talking about, and the mystery of righteousness. And folks, before we came in contact with Yahweh, or with this teaching, we were all in that's, we all came in the same way. We didn't know anything. We were carnal. We were in total darkness and we didn't even know it. Now that's amazing, that kind of deception. And that's what it is to be deceived. If you knew that you were being deceived, you wouldn't be deceived. I'm waiting for a duh, but you know what? I, you know what I mean? right. We didn't know anything, 
And look at what Yahweh's done, folks, for us. He's shown us something definite and for sure about himself and about our Savior, which I knew absolutely not one thing about. And it made me think when Greg was talking about how when I was a young boy, before I ever even heard about Yahweh, uh, I, I happened to be uh, raised in the same neighborhood uh, as our dean, and we grew up together just from a natural standpoint. And uh, I've known Dennis since I was eight years old. Now, yesterday I turned, <laughs> I turned 72. Folks, that's 64 years, you know, and I've only been on this earth for 72, and for 64 of them, I knew and was raised with our dean. And the reason I bring that out is because he was constantly trying to convert me to Roman Catholicism. <laughs> he talked to me all the time in the neighborhood. I was a traffic boy in the corner of Monroe and Laburnum, which are two streets in New York, Rochester, New York. And I would see Dennis all the time because he was, he lived right there. And he would constantly talk to me about Jesus. And it was like, all right already, you know, I better at least pay attention to what this guy's saying, you know. And I, I, I did up to a certain point, but it just uh, amazes me that um, look how far, look how far we've come and how far I've come. You know, it's just an amazing uh, a, a thing that Yahweh has done with all of us. Yeah. But uh, the darkness that we've all been brought from is just, it's incredible, folks. We were all ignorant of our creator, and we were all in subjection to that mystery of iniquity. We didn't know that there were metaphysical forces upon us. We were blind to the fact that there even was a mystery of iniquity. I mean, if somebody ever mentioned the devil to me, it, it just a little bit different of what I know now, you know, just a tad. The devil to me was someone really literally that had pit, a pitchfork and horns and he lived underneath the earth, you know, and isn't that a, a very convenient deception, you know, for the mystery of iniquity? Because you don't, until you know and you don't know, you're in ignorance and you suffer as a result of your ignorance. That even is, is true from a secular standpoint. I've often uh, made mention of the fact that I don't know anything about auto mechanics. And I'm not looking to try to be an auto mechanic or to even study about mechanics. It's not, my, it's not anything that interests me. But I can tell you this, when I go to a, a, an automobile place, they, uh, you know, to fix your car, they see me coming from a mile away. They, they got me spotted. Even if I try to pretend that I know something, they got, they got me covered. 
because they do know and I don't. And I'm pretending so I don't get taken, but it never works because I don't know one uh, a mechanical thing from the next. It's, I get in the car, turn the key, and, 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 and that's the extent of it. But you pay when you're ignorant. You really do pay. And, and in any phase of your life, when you remain ignorant, somewhere along the line, you're going to pay. Now, when you don't know, uh, like I don't know about mechanics, you pay uh, monetarily when you don't know, because you're easily uh, uh, able to be deceived or to be fooled about something. But when you know something, and this is now I'm speaking spiritually, you are not uh, uh, so easily swayed and tossed around by this mystery of iniquity who is continually trying to deceive you and to trick you and to fool you. And we were all under that. I'm trying to remember where that scripture was that when Greg was talking, it came to my mind about how that we were uh, uh, all subject to this, to this ignorance. Look what it is that Yahweh has taken us out of and brought us into the light and sat us down uh, in this teaching and showed us, told us something about himself that we can rely on and that we don't have to be subject to this kind of, to these lies of the, of the mystery of iniquity. Who's, that's what he does, and, he, and Yahweh set him up that way to be a good liar. He's a good deceiver. Right. And when you don't know, you pay, I guess is my point. And um, now we do know. And, uh, and we've been shown something definite and concrete that we can hold on to. And it's just a beautiful thing. Now, whoever it is that's got these charts, if you could go back to the brain chart, because really, Greg was talking a lot about the heart. And folks, when we come into this class, our heart is in darkness. Of course, we don't know anything from an intellectual standpoint, but we don't have anything to protect us from the nonsense that's going on in this world. It doesn't take a mental giant to see that in this world, there is an incredible amount of deception going around. And it takes a keen, it takes keen eyesight to see through that deception. I mean, it's just so prevalent now. The truth versus a lie. It's so out there. It's so manifest that, you know, you really, he's made it such where you can't miss it. Now, if you could zoom in on that, because those attributes that are in there on the old night, that's a, taking a picture, folks, of the way that we were, our nature. And I'm telling you, it's something to see because, look, the very first thing that I'm seeing on that is liar. We were subject to lies, and many of us were good at lying as well. 
Some might say, well, I never lied in my life. You better take a good look. Again, you might want to do a little research on that. But we were subject to being lied to, and we were lying. That's just one attribute. Oh, I know that scripture that came to mind when Greg was talking. If anyone could find that, it says something to the effect that such were some of you. And he talks about some of the things that Greg was discussing. Look at this nature, folks, that we all came from. I think it's Romans 8 and 20 where it talks about the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason. That's a good one. That's That will do. But the one that I'm talking about First Corinthians is... Corinthians 6.11. Oh, thank you so much. If you could get that uh, and if you could pick it up, because it talks about uh, how we were before we were given this great understanding. Such were some of you, it says, but now you are washed, you're justified, you're sanctified. This is talking about, folks, of what, what it is that we've been given here, how profound it is that we could, be, we could be sanctified, which means to be set apart and to be washed, really washed from this crap that you see on the left-hand side of the chart. You want to know some of the sources of what your misery was? You're looking dead at it right there on the left-hand side. In fact, can you zoom in any better? We see with these 72-year-old eyes, I'm lucky I can see anything. But I'm, um, we'll get back to 1 Corinthians there, 6.11, because that's what I want. Thank you. That's good. That's good. I just wanted to hone in on those attributes because, folks, that's what, a, that's what, what was a part of us. That was a part of our nature. And that's just a, 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 a small bit, as it were, of what it is, the kind of darkness that we were taken away from. We were all, you say, well, the Jews, they were slaves. If you were a Gentile, you were a slave to, to this, a slave to, the, to these attributes, to the ignorance, to the darkness. And if Yahshua doesn't come along and save you folks, there's no way out of that. There's no way to get out. Israel was not able to take a, a boat, a slow boat out of, uh, out of, his, out of Egypt. They, Yahweh said he took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. Just like he's done with us, folks. He's taken us by the hand and brought us out of the kind of darkness that you see on the left-hand side of this chart, which is just absolutely amazing and folks it's real it's something that we've lived it isn't something that's on a chart as it were it, it this kind of nonsense over on that left hand side is what we were brought out of and yahweh <laughs> told the israelites back there i want you to remember when you were bondsmen when you were slaves in the land of egypt i want you to remember that it was me that took you out of that that saved you from that stuff. Now, if somebody doesn't save us from what's over on that, if Yahshua doesn't save us from what's come, what's what's what we were born with, as it were, that's why we must be born again, folks. It's it's mandatory. It's not well. Geez, would you like to be born again? 
you know, come on down here. You could be born again. Unless you'll be born again, you're not going to, you can't have eternal life. Now, born again from what? Read First uh, Corinthians 6 and 11. Uh, or if you need to pick it up, go ahead. But you want me to pick it up at nine? You're good. Yeah. Know you not? Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of Yahweh? Now, folks, and I'm going to interrupt you. Uh, I'm sorry to do that, but I think you understand that. Yeah. But uh, can you read that one more time? Just that sentence again. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of Yahweh? Folks, that's where we were before we came into this teaching. We were unrighteous. We had an unrighteous nature. And in that state and condition, we would not have been, we would not be eligible, for lack of a better word, to enter into the kingdom. With that nature, no one's going into the kingdom with that nature. That unrighteous nature, that mystery of iniquity, folks, is not going to enter into the kingdom of Yahweh. And that's that is it was said in there, point blank. These shall not inherit the kingdom of Yahweh. And folks, the ones that have this knowledge and understanding, which is us, we have eligibility unto the kingdom. And we've been brought from the great darkness. Go ahead and keep reading, Mike. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of Yahweh. Folks, in some way, shape, or form, we were a part of that. Somebody might say, well, I never murdered anybody. No, but you had that, and I'm going to say it like it is, you had that murderous nature in you. You had that dark, dark, ignorant, unruly nature. And when we see the nature of Yahshua, if you don't want that, after having had the, 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 the nature on the left-hand side, then I feel sorry for you, no matter who you are, that you wouldn't desire to have the nature of Yahshua in you. And folks, that's what he came into the world to do, was to give us of his spirit so we could have that nature. So we could know our creator, so we could have stability, and we could have eternal life, folks. We are so blessed, and we ought to realize, yeah, we ought to recognize that. Sometimes we take this for granted. I think of some of the terms that are used, like a carnal mind, just as an example. I didn't know a carnal mind from a schmarnal mind from a... <laughs> Before I came into class, the terms that we use were foreign to me. I didn't know what a carnal mind was, even though I was I had one and I was living it. But but I, you know, when you're deceived, you don't even know it. Look at the kind of deception that we've been brought from, the darkness. 
Thick darkness? I guess so. I mean, at that time, there, there was no light penetrate. There was no light to be had until Yahshua came on the scene, folks, till he revealed himself to us. Total darkness. Total. Keep reading, Mike. 11. And such were some of you. Such were some of you. I'm sorry again, Mike. Such were some of you, Greg. That's what you were talking about. Such were some of us. Read. But you are washed. We're washed. But you are sanctified. We're sanctified. But you are justified. In the name of why is that, Mike? Because I'm Jewish. (laughs) <laughs> no. Is that why I'm justified? Because I'm a physical. I was born a physical Jew. I don't think so. No, you you know so, Mike. <laughs> it's through the Spirit that all these things are happening, folks. There, <laughs> that's what makes having Yahshua in you of the utmost importance. Yeah. The number one thing is. Checking yourself at all times. Make sure that that nature is in you. You know how you act, and you know how you are. Nobody has to tell you that. And look what we've been given. And when I say been given, it's by grace, not because you were born a certain way or of a certain religion, or you think you're better than somebody else, or you know what I'm saying? In other words, it's by grace means it's it's just given to you as a gift. Have you ever thought, why did Yahweh choose me? I'm no better, no worse than anybody else. But it's because he loved me and he had mercy on me to give me of his nature. I couldn't earn it and neither can you if you lived a million times over. What are you going to do to earn it? That's why I want uh, John 6, 28. But uh, is that it, Mike, in there about uh, we were all, uh, we all came from the same place, folks, from the same ignorance, from the same darkness. And we've been brought into the, we've been brought into the light. Is there more, Mike? I'm sorry, I don't even let you talk. Go ahead. Just a little. Justified in, in the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. And by the spirit of our Elohim. Yeah, there you go, right there. That's how we're justified, is through the spirit. In fact, that's how everything is done, is through the spirit. It's through having Yahshua's spirit in you. Blessed, I guess we are, folks, to have the creator of the heavens and the earth choose us. And not because of anything we could do or anything we did do, but because he had mercy on us. Isn't that something, folks? Now let me have John 6, 28. Let's Let's keep those two natures up there, folks. It's good to it's good to know where you came from, isn't it? Isn't it good to know your roots? Yes. Certainly is. And this is where we all came. We all were brought out of darkness, and we don't want to forget that. That's what helps keep us humble and keeps us appreciating what it is that we've been given. And it's all done through the spirit of Yahshua, folks. It's not some hocus-pocus thing. 
like it is when they take you into the church. That was quite an experience when I went into a Roman Catholic church for the first time with my wife. I went to a service and I thought I was born in that place. It was so long. I thought I'd never get out of there. But the one thing about it that was amazing was I never saw so many idols in my life. In one building, they got a statue for everything. And you know what? It don't matter what religion you came out of. You got basically the same thing. Say, well, I don't see any, any statues in the synagogue. Trust me, they're there. You got idols everywhere. And if you don't have any, you're your own idol. But I, I never saw anything quite like it visiting my, my uh, Roman Catholic church. And we don't have anything against Catholics. We're talking about the doctrine that we all came out of. And it's all basically the same. It was, it, it was all dark. It, it couldn't enlighten us. It couldn't bring us out of ignorance. The way that we're brought out of ignorance is through the preaching of Yahshua's death, burial, and resurrection according to the scriptures. And it pleased Yahweh, the book says, that through the foolishness of preaching, he might save some. Don't, you don't ever want to take for granted the gospel, folks, of Yahshua the Messiah, I, which I knew nothing, absolutely zero about before I came into this teaching. And I love it when I hear people. I don't love it. It's just amazing to me when people come to class and they go, well, they teach this stuff down at my church. No, I don't think so. Or my synagogue. They teach. No, they don't teach that. Never thought of teaching it. So we have, uh, we have something to be very... Uh, appreciative of folks that Yahshua has taken the time with us to save us folks from this evil age that we're in now folks and I'm telling you it's more evil by the minute you wonder sometimes can this thing get any worse than it is well it's worse now than it was two seconds ago well somebody might say well what about now yeah now it's worse now than it was back then, two seconds ago. And it's getting worse by the second. And the only escape from it, folks, is Yahshua the Messiah. Or as our old dean used to say in New York, he's our asbestos suit, so we ought to get it on as best as we can. Yahshua is that us, uh, is that uh What's what's protecting us from that consuming fire, folks, that is about to take this whole creation out of existence? We have some protection from that. And we have some peace and some stability that the world does not have. And it isn't because we're such great people. Oh, they're a lovely bunch of people. Now. No, it has nothing to do with that. When he chose, Yahweh chose Israel, he said, I didn't choose you because you were so great. Yeah. I chose you because you were a bunch of schlubs. You were, a, you were the, the least among the nations. And that's my testimony about myself. I'm no great intellect. Didn't have a lot of money, still don't. And Yahweh just 
had mercy on me and chose me to come in and sit down and be a part of this teaching and to have Yahshua formed in me. Not because of anything I did. Get me John 6.28, please. I'm telling you, Greg, you got me fired up. John 6.28. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of Yahweh? Now, hold it, Linda, right there. I must confess, and I don't know if this is your guys' testimony, but I never even asked that question when I was in synagogue. I wasn't even smart enough to ask that. I say smart enough. I wasn't motivated. I wasn't, it never dawned on me that I didn't know. I thought, well, nobody knows. I'm just one of many that doesn't know. And, you know, I can't wait to get out of here and have my bar mitzvah and get my bar mitzvah money. And then, you know, we'll see God later on. Kind of Five minutes, Dr. Geller. Thank you. I didn't see it, Dave. It's because I wasn't looking. I see it. So, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just uh, reminisce is really not the, the best word to use, but I'm just thinking back as Greg is, was given his testimony about where it is that Yahweh brought us from and the kind of heart that was in us. And I, I love that scripture and I'm going to have to get it uh, after I get John 628, which says, what might we do that we might work the works of God? of God back there or, or Elohim. And the answer was, this is the work of Elohim. It's not your or my work to do. It's his work. I didn't recognize that for a long time. When I read that, I, that never hit me about that scripture, but it is Yahweh's work folks. Sometimes we got to get out of the way and let him do his work. But it, the, the answer to it was that you believe on him whom Yahweh has sent. That's Yahshua. And you are not going to believe in him unless he gives you of his spirit, folks. And he has done just that. He has given us of his Holy Spirit. And we are without an excuse for not knowing something about our creator because he has taken the time with us to give us of himself. What greater gift can he give to you than the gift of himself? He gave his life in the first place. He got up on that cross and suffered that kind of a death. And he raised from the dead. And now he wants you to worship him in spirit and in truth, which he has given us the spirit to be able to do that. The Holy Spirit. He's given us that. And he's the only one, folks, that knows the Father. So is it important to have the Holy Spirit in your tabernacle, in your temple, in your body? You better believe it is, because without it, you don't know anything for definite and for sure. Uh, just read this one scripture, and I'm down. I got maybe less than a minute. Jeremiah 17 and 9 is an excellent explanation of, and so is the brain chart, of where it is that the kind of darkness that we have been brought out of. And I just want you to read that as quickly as you can. Je Jeremiah 17 and 9. The heart of the, is deceitful above all things. Oh, no, Mike, not mine. <laughs> no, no, no. That, 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 that's not talking about me. It's talking about, yeah, it is. That you got the heart, you had the heart of man in you, didn't you? 
You didn't have the heart of a of an armadillo, did you? The heart of man is what, Mike? Deceitful above all things. Isn't that something, folks? It's a it's deceitful above some things. Isn't that something? That's all not things. what it reads. It's deceitful above all things. Greed, Mike. And desperately wicked. You know what? You want to take the time to read that? Go ahead. I, I'm out of time. I'm just grateful for the fact that I know something definite and for sure, and I'm on the right track, and the fact that Yahweh's taking the time to take me out of darkness and sit me down in these lectures and given me the, the desire to want to know him, that spark and that fire that he's put in us. I'm grateful for that. That keeps me going often because it's sometimes it can get extremely difficult out here. But we have the overcomer, folks. We have the one that has overcome all things. And he's in us. So I just want to encourage everyone to continue on in this teaching because it's well worth it to be a part of this thing. And I'm just grateful that he has chosen me to, to be a part of it. And uh, I will say hallelujah and praise Yahshua. Pass it on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Geller. And our third speaker this afternoon will be the Dean of our Oceanside, California class, Dr. Dennis Volpe. First of all, I wanna say uh, greetings to all the brethren watching us uh, on YouTube and on Zoom. And again, I want to make sure that everybody can hear me okay. We can. Great. Okay. You know, there was a lot said tonight uh, about this information on that's on this chart here that we have up here in front of you. And I want you to know that when that chart was painted, it was painted for a reason that we have the background is a... Uh, 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 if you will, the brain is what it's representing. And then we have the heart right there with the brain. And so what we have to understand is this, that the heart is the source of what drives you both on both sides of that chart. And it was talked about tonight in our scripture reading. I want you to go back and I want you to talk about, or I want you to go back to our scripture reading for a minute. Let me get over there with you. Matthew 12. And down here, quite a ways down, there was a lot of things expressed by Yahshua in this scripture reading. But he talks about the heart in here. Uh, and I'm not sure which verse that is. If anybody can find it for um, me. There, is it there around uh, the good, the tree? Yes. The fruit of the tree? The, that's it. What's okay. The, so that's the verse. Matthew 12, starting at 33. Okay. Let me get over there. Okay. Go ahead. Start, a, start right where you called. 
Okay. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by its fruit. Mm-hmm. Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Mm-hmm. Keep reading. A good man, a good man, out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. All right. Now, what we're seeing is that what's proceeding out of our mouth is driven from the heart. And we like to think that everything is driven by the brain. But I want you to understand that the heart, that when Yahweh's talking about a heart, he's talking about what is causing you to, as it were, be motivated in either the left side of the chart or the right side of the chart. And he talks about how, in another place, Yahshua talks about know every tree by its fruit. And he talks about how that the fruit, corrupt fruit, comes out of, and he goes into it more than uh, detail than he did in this particular uh, chapter that we read, how that everything is proceeding out of the heart. Now, I, that's important for you to comprehend for this reason. Because when we talk about things down here, for an example, we talk about believing. How it's an absolute necessity to believe in Yahweh and believe in Yahshua and truthfully to believe in the gospel. And that is true. But we cannot, we cannot really uh, grasp that statement without understanding the role that the heart plays in that whole endeavor. And that's why this chart was painted, to show you that the heart is the source of both attributes on each side. In other words, the negative attributes on the left and the positive attributes on the right. Now, Bruce did a nice job because what he did is he showed you in Jeremiah that we all walk in the room with an evil heart or a heart that's full of wickedness. And over in the book of Hebrews, Yahshua the Messiah, uh, 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 Paul writes, he talks about the reason why the Israelites back there in the wilderness were disinherited. Because they had an evil heart of unbelief. He said an evil heart of unbelief. He did not say they had an evil brain of unbelief. Now we think, that believing is a matter of you using your brain. You sit there, you hear, you weigh, you decide, and it's all a brain matter. Well, your brain certainly plays a role, and Dr. Kinley did talk about how every one of us have been given a sufficient amount of intelligence to be able to comprehend or understand the purpose of Yahweh so that you are now without an excuse. You can't say, I, I had no way to understand that. Because as he used to state all the time, that this is so simple that a child could understand it. Now, we understand there's depths, too, of understanding in this teaching that comes about in time built upon the foundation. But the foundation is relatively simple. It's as simple as one, two, three. Now, if we're going to delve into the necessities of things such as believing, which is absolutely a necessity, we should try to comprehend or understand the heart of the matter. We want to get to the heart of the matter. Why do some people believe and why do some people reject? 
Now, we know this, that typically, and I've seen this many times over the years, where people will come into class, they will hear a lecture where information is presented that is irrefutable. And yet, they reject it. They don't argue against the information for the most part. It's because they don't want to believe it. What they do is they convince themselves by, uh, uh, you, you follow, by, by coming up with these things. Oh, he doesn't really care what we call him. It doesn't matter to him. What difference does it make if we call him Jesus or we call him Yahshua and all these sorts of things? What I want you to realize, they think it's a matter of the brain. And really, what we do in this school is we don't just give you the information on these names. We also go in your Bible and show you what Yahweh himself is saying about his name and how he feels about his name. Whether it's important for us to embrace it and to know it and to honor it and to worship him with that proper name. Now, we find out that nowhere in the Bible does Yahweh ever has ever said that it's okay that you call me whatever you feel like because I know who you're talking to. Now, I just want you to know that truthfully what interferes is not the brain in believing. It is the heart that causes the interference. Now, we all walk in the room, and Bruce was talking about this, and such were some of you. Let's go back over there just for a minute, please. Because I want to talk about this heart and the importance of this heart right now. And I think that, that, that it's important for you to comprehend that you cannot believe without the proper heart. And we're going to talk about that. So go ahead. Where was that scripture that Bruce had read about and such were some of you? 1 Corinthians 6.11 Thank you. Would somebody go get 1 Corinthians 6.11? Got it. You started at 9. Start at 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of Yahweh? Okay. Go ahead. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators nor adulterers no, uh, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkens, drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of Yahweh. Now listen, he just went through a bevy of actions that people perform, and somewhere in there something is pertaining to you. You may not be all of those things, but it doesn't matter. If you're just one of those things, you got a problem. Keep reading. And such of were some of you, but ye are washed. Now watch. But I just are... want to hang on, Mike, because I want you to see when he says, and such were some of you, I want to take this over. Now I want to go to Ephesians, if you don't mind. Let's go over to Ephesians and hang on for a minute. I got this. Go to the second chapter and start at 1. Ephesians 2, 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now listen, listen. He's going to quicken you. He has quickened you. He's talking to these people that are now congregants. In other words, they're in the assembly. And they are accepting the gospel of salvation. And he's writing an epistle to them. 
And he said, and he and you who, uh, he talked about, and you hath he quickened. Quickened means to make alive. In fact, let me even get even more or more down into this. It means to take something dead and to bring it to life. What Yahshua is doing, ladies and gentlemen, is he's raising the dead. And what I want you to understand that he is the resurrection of life. Now, what I want you to know is when we walked in the door, we did not know this. This was already pointed out by, um, you know, by Bruce and by Greg as well, that we didn't know the state and condition that we were in when we walked in the door. We were just flat out, plain out, dead and didn't even know it. Because we didn't know what life was. We figured that death was, you know, uh, uh, something to do with the heart and the brain, whether it's operating and functioning properly. And then, of course, when we go in there and we think we were told in a nutshell, I mean, we don't necessarily come right out and say this, but you get this after a while, that you weren't going to heaven before you walked in this class, even though you thought, well, I'm going to go to heaven because I'm not such a bad guy. Oh, I did this once or twice, and I did that once or twice, but deep down, I'm an okay guy. You know, I'm not, I didn't do anything like Hitler did. I'm not responsible for 12 million people being slaughtered. You know, and I uh, I don't go out and rob people. Uh, you know, we, we come up with all this stuff thinking that, that we're not so bad. And I want you to recognize that when you measure yourself, you cannot measure yourself by the bad people that have gone out and done these things that we're talking about. They're not the measuring rod to what constitutes righteous or good. The measuring rod is Yahshua the Messiah. Until you know something about Yahshua, about his divine nature, his great uh, nature that is incapable of lying, his nature which is true and, and just and merciful and kind, and, and all these kind of things that we learn about Yahshua. You know, we, we have to measure ourselves by that measure. And so once we start coming into class and we learn about what constitutes an acceptable nature to Yahweh, and the only one that's ever been acceptable is Yahshua the Messiah. That's the only one that he has ever stated uh, uh, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Which means he's pleased with that divine soul or nature that it was walking around in that body back there because it was his own divine attributes now configured in a way that it could be manifested. Now what I want you to know, that's the measure of righteousness. That's the measure that all of us never bothered to put ourselves up against. Because once you look at Yahshua and learn about his great goodness, his great righteousness and, and beauty of his soul, and then we take a hard look in the mirror and we look at ourselves and we're brutally honest with ourselves, we realize our head drops that we don't measure up to that. We do not have anything that is worthy of Yahweh the Father accepting us. You've got to come to that understanding, ladies and gentlemen, and the only way it's going to happen is Yahshua has to really manifest his own nature in you, and when you see it 
working in you, you know that's the Holy Spirit, that's Yahshua. And you weren't like that before you came down here and heard the gospel preached. And you recognize that that is all Yahshua's uh, 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 praise and honor, not yours. Because you know it was him that was doing those things in you. It was him softening your heart to forgive one another, even when you've been wronged. It was him in you that now will not allow you to lie to people and just shrug it off because everybody lies. That's the, that's the idea that a lot of people have. Everybody lies, you know. So we, all of a sudden we're compelled to try to be honest with people and honest with ourselves, honest with our fellow man, honest with Yahweh. The three things that Dr. Kinley said one time in conversation, that if you do these three things, you will be saved. If you're honest with Yahweh, honest with yourself, and honest with your fellow man. Now, honesty means we try to be truthful. And if we find ourselves kind of tip, putting our toe over the line a little bit, all of a sudden we feel, hey, this isn't right. This is not a representation of what we know constitutes the nature of Yahshua the Messiah. And we're compelled to come clean to be honest with each other. And it's the Holy Spirit that's driving that from where? Not your brain. Yes, you know what it says in the Bible about these kind of things, but it's coming from your heart now. Your heart is motivating you in the direction of doing these wonderful aspects, manifesting and actually feeling joy when that's manifested through you. You actually feel that you're a son and you know who gets the credit for it. This is what class does to you, ladies and gentlemen. It causes uh, something to take root in the core of your soul and to work in your conscience to do the things that represent the beauty of that divine nature that you have come to know. Now, here Paul says, and uh, uh, that he hath quickened you. Go back and keep reading at 2.1. Start at 1 again. Ephesians 2.1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Yeah, we were dead. That was, and such were some of you. This is a continuation of it. Read. In which in, which in times past you Where walked in according. Where in times past? Is, what are you reading? Are you reading of King James? Uh, or kind Holy of. Name? No, King James, but it's kind of a weird one. That's oh, okay. That's all right. In which in times past ye walked according to the course of this world. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean that you walked according to the course of this world? Your attitudes, deportment, and conduct were shaped by the way the world thinks about things. Every one of us, because we didn't have any, we didn't have any divine knowledge or 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 direction of of uh, 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 going on in our conscience of what was acceptable, what's not acceptable, what represents Yah. We didn't have any of that. So if the world says this is the proper way that you should, this is what is uh, natural for somebody to do, and all these, then we then follow the rest of the crowd, the rest of the herd. I'll put it that way. Now, I want to say that for this reason, because when Yahshua in the 14th chapter of John told the apostles, the disciples at that point, that he would send them uh, the comforter, but up in front of these, he said, even the spirit of truth, 
whom the world cannot receive. Now, the world can't receive the spirit of truth. Truth, ladies and gentlemen, is much more profound and, and, and deep-rooted than what the world truth is, the spirit of truth. We're talking about that, that you are compelled from within your heart now to examine yourself, to be honest with yourself, to recognize your motives for things that you do, and to make recompense if you have done something against a brother that is wrong, and also to forgive if you did they you did nothing wrong, but somebody did something bad to you. These are things that are driven under the new covenant by the spirit of truth, and the world doesn't have that in them. They don't have in their conscience, I'm going to be honest here, I'm not going to lie, kind of a thing. They'll tell you the truth as long as it's not going to hurt them. But if it's going to hurt them, they're going to spin it. And that's what the world does. And they, and as we saw in the, the political circles, they, they call it alternative truth. Well, all of us are guilty of that. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, it doesn't matter. Now, what I want you to see is, he's saying that we walked according to the course of this world. Our deportment, our attitudes, behavior, were driven by peers and peer pressure, depending on how we wanted to be seen in our self-image. Our self-image is, uh, is, is, is what we try to portray to men to get honor and to get people to think highly of you. And I want you to know that if the world says, well, this is how you'll get honor and this is what people think, then we're going to be walking according to that course. Now, in some cases, you might be young and hanging around with a group of friends. And the friends think it's cool to do something that your parents told you not to do. And you're going to do it so your friends think you're cool. That, that's the image that we want is that we're cool when we're young and so on. But I'm just telling you, when you come into class... Everything's going on internal. It's not influenced by the external people that are in class or even in the world. It's being pushed or motivated by the Holy Spirit now in you, causing your heart to have the right attitude and the right motivation in things. Now, keep reading, please. Okay, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the sons of disobedience. Well, who's the prince of the power of the air? It wasn't Howard Stern, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the prince of the power of the air is talking about Lucifer. And I want you to know is that he's the one that is directing the course of this world. And it works in the children of disobedience. And you go, well, that's not me. Paul said, and such were some of you. Now, I want you to know that he would not have had to quicken you if you had not, if you will, been disobedient. We all need to be quickened because we've all been disobedient. We have violated our conscience sometime in our life. Done things we're not proud of. But class has a way, when the gospel is opening up to you by revelation from the Holy Spirit, to make you not be able to be okay with stuff that you've done throughout your life. Now, if you know over in Ezekiel, the 36th chapter, he talks about how he's going to give us a new heart and a new spirit. Now, the new heart doesn't mean that he's cutting out your heart and then planting a transplant. 
the new heart, as is portrayed on this, the old heart was covered in stone. Now, they had a stony heart back there under the law. And Yahweh said to them over in Deuteronomy, the, it was either the 10th or the 11th chapter, somewhere in that area. He said, circumcise the four skins of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. Well, what, is, what do you mean, don't be stiff-necked? What does that mean? Proud, can't take correction, never admit you're wrong, won't look at yourself and be humbled by the things that you do because you made an excuse of why it was okay for me to do this. We justify ourselves. And it was talked about how we have to be justified. It was brought up tonight how we are justified by the Holy Spirit. Justified means to be cleared of all guilt. Without Yahshua, you have no hope of justification because no flesh shall be justified in his eyesight. That's it. We have to first be brought down low. We have to be humbled. We have to be broken down ground to powder, as they would say, in sackcloth and ashes within ourselves. And then in Ezekiel 36, uh, uh, where it talks about a new heart and a new spirit will I give you, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and keep my judgments. A couple more verses down, it says, then you shall look upon your former self and loathe yourself. Loathe yourself. If you aren't loathing yourself, ladies and gentlemen, you're not there yet. But once you see the goodness of Yahshua, you understand it, and your heart is motivated to, out of love to try to be acceptable, to want to be acceptable. We look back at things we've done through the course of our life, even before we came into class. And I, I don't know about you, but I loathe the fact that I actually did that, or I actually lied, or I actually hurt this person, or I actually, whatever it is that we've done, I loathe myself because of that. Because I know that's not my desire any longer. My desire is to manifest the kind of love towards people and the, not just people in class. We have to learn how to manifest love towards the people in the world. Because as it says in Matthew, the fifth chapter, that Yahweh sends his reign both on the just and the unjust and the sunshine on the good and the evil. Now, Dr. Kinley treated everybody the same way, even people that didn't understand this teaching. Why? To one, it was a witness for them. To another one, it was a witness against them. That divine love is not a, a, an emotional-driven thing. It is a nature thing. And Yahweh just manifests his kindness and his love, and some can receive it and some can't. For the ones that receive it, it's a witness for them. The ones that can't, it'll be a witness against them. And I want you to know this, that that love is what drives this heart under the new covenant. It's that divine attribute that motivates us in all things. And love, the enemy of love is pride, ladies and gentlemen. You trying to be proud of yourself. You want everybody to look at you and think you're something special. You want people to be respectful to you. You follow? Our pride will cause us to, if you will, cover things up, that it's going to hurt us getting that end, or because we want honor of men. That's what we want when we're out in the world and we're carnal. 
And Yahshua told the Pharisees, he said, I know that you have not the love of the Father of Yahweh in you, for you seek honor one of another and not the honor that cometh from Yahweh only. And where do you seek that honor? Yahshua told them, when you pray, go in the closet and shut the door. In other words, you seek the honor in the privacy of your own soul when you're laying in bed at night by yourself and your mind is still thinking, you have to come before your creator in a state of humility and recognize, ladies and gentlemen, that none of us deserve anything that he has done for us or given us, and we are within the closet, as it were. We're not doing it out in front of people to look at so that they can then think, oh, you're just a beautiful Yashuan, and really, uh, you know, all these other kind of things that people do, like Yashua said, the Pharisees went out there and prayed in the marketplaces and wore all the clothes with the phylacteries so that people would look upon them and think they were righteous, so that they would get honor from men. We don't want that. We want honor that cometh from Yahweh only. And even when there's something honorable that has worked through you, don't forget to give Yahshua the credit. And don't take it upon yourself when people pat you on the back and tell you how smart you are, how, how great of a uh, lecture you gave, and all these things. Because that is you then seeking their honor. As far as I'm concerned, sometimes when people come up and they want to give you a lot of accolades. They're doing it out of love. I know that. But sometimes the devil's right there to get you to take it and let it uh, swell your head up a little bit. Now, if you let your head get too swollen, Yahshua knows how to take a pin and prick that balloon, ladies and gentlemen. Take all the air out of, your, out of your sails. I just want you to know it's better for us to stay low and let him, if you will, exalt us rather than we exalt ourselves. So what I'm telling you, this heart, this heart is crucial for, for us to be able to operate under this new covenant and it's crucial for us to stay on the right side of Yahshua and Yahweh. We have to have that heart and we don't have it when we walk in the door. Now I was talking about circumcision, the stiff-necked and all that. The, the Jews couldn't do that when Yahweh told them, circumcise the foreskins of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. They couldn't do it. That was in the, in the 10th, 11th, or 12th chapter of Deuteronomy. In the 30th chapter, the 6th verse, Yahweh says, I will circumcise your heart to love me. And listen, I want you to know that it takes Yahshua to circumcise and take that stone off of your heart, that hard heart, and bring about a tender heart that now is uh, amiable and malleable to be able to accept chastisement, correction, and to be able to uh, divest yourself of your own pride and self-image and to recognize that all you are is a blessed soul that Yahshua has chosen for no good reason that you can come up with. And that he has to get all of the honor and the credit. And that heart is what causes you to believe to the saving of the soul. The brain can have the information. I've seen a lot of people come into class over the years that understood perfectly the information we were presenting and later stopped coming to class. Their heart wasn't in it, ladies and gentlemen. Their head was in it for a while, but their heart wasn't in it. 
The heart, ladies and gentlemen, is what gives you uh, belief unto salvation. And without that heart, without that belief, you follow, or without that new heart, you'll never believe it to the saving of the soul. Accepting something as being true and accurate is one thing. Believing it in your heart, that's another matter. And so Paul says in Ephesians there, keep reading where you were in Ephesians there, because I only got a few minutes left. Ephesians 2 and 3, among whom also we all had our manner of life in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, mm -hmm. and were by nature the children of wrath, we even as others. We were by nature, by nature the children of wrath, meaning our, our nature when we walked in the door made us worthy of wrath, of the wrath of Yahweh that will be poured out at the end of this age. Keep reading. But Yahweh, who is rich in mercy, for his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Yahshua. Now listen, by grace you are saved. By grace you are saved. Listen, can't you see that you have to come to the understanding of Yahweh's, uh, how he's rich in mercy and how his great love has accepted us when we were not, in other words, he loved us when we were yet unlovable. What does that mean? That means you did nothing that was acceptable yet to him to make you to be, as it were, worthy of him shedding his love on you. But the truth is, his great love is that he loved you before you even had the Holy Spirit because he had foreordained that you will be brought to Yahshua and be converted by the preaching of the gospel and become a son. And therefore, he is able to forgive you and able to accept you through Yahshua the Messiah despite whatever it is that you did before you had this understanding. And when we start to recognize that kind of love, ladies and gentlemen, it's got to have an impact on you and it's got to cause a change to take place down inside your soul. And what it really does, it sparks us to have the same love in us. We want that same love in us because that love, ladies and gentlemen, is one of, and if not the most important thing that Yahweh is revealing about himself through this purpose. His great love wherewith he loved us. And that love was in Yahshua the Messiah. And Yahshua manifested that love toward the apostles. Even Peter. Peter denied him three times. And Yahshua did not hold that to his charge and tell him, I'm going to cut you off, Peter. I just want you to understand that these things, ladies and gentlemen, are aspects of that new heart. And that old heart, when you come to class, we're getting rid of those stones that are on that heart. We're breaking them off. We're crumbling it so the heart underneath it is a tender heart can emerge and can then, by, then be molded and shaped by the Holy Spirit. The devil had his power in that when we were hard-hearted, he appealed to us on that level. Yeah, I want, to see that, I want to see that person really get it because they said something nasty to me and we wanted to see retribution. Now under the new covenant, we recognize that we have to forgive and let it go and recognize that Yahweh said uh, that, that, uh, uh, that that was his to uh, recompense uh, them for the things that they have done. And we don't want to see anybody lost. We want to see people come into class, 
even people that are their personality is not really that favorable to you. We want, we know that if Yahshua opens up something to them and it gives them a revelation that it's going to cause them to change. And the change will always be that they'll be manifesting the nature of Yahshua through them then. And then what's not to love? We can't just cut somebody off. We have to recognize that until Yahweh has finished his purpose in this earth plane and closes out this age, we can't cut anybody out. So we're going to be here and welcome anybody that will receive this teaching with open arms. We're going to try to love one another as best we can. And we're going to recognize that Yahshua's given us the heart to believe. He's given us the heart to be driven to do the will of the Father. And we know that that's coming from him, and we can't take credit for any of it. We're saved by grace and not of ourselves. It's the gift of Yahweh that's further in Ephesians. Now, I'm out of time. I hope what I said made some sense. I thank everybody for coming tonight, and I'm going to turn it back to the moderator and say peace in Yahshua to all the brethren. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Volpe. We'd like to thank everybody who joined us today in our Zoom class, and we'd also like to thank those who have viewed us on YouTube. We hold our Zoom class every Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time. At this time, I'd like to ask the class to stay muted until the live stream has ended. We'll now be dismissed by the doxology, which is taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.